We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, Tuesday, December 6th. It's Toss-Up Tuesday. We're tossing it up to you people in the YouTube chat. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. Whatever you want. It's whatever you want. It's Toss-Up Tuesday. Here on the pregame show, good morning to uh, Wataz, Suki Singh, the early, the early birds. Uh, the, the, it's like stat, the, what are the two guys from the, the Muppets, like on the little little perch, little balcony? That's, that's what I've used, Wataz and Suki Singh, the early birds, right? They're, 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 they're senior citizen discounts getting here early, 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 early birds in the morning. Defix here, kickstart Matt Mears. Devin's in the chat, say hello to Devin in the chat, give the thumbs ups. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit whatever you want. It's toss-up Tuesday. It's up to you, okay? It's a toss-up, which means it's on you in the YouTube chat to tell me what you want to talk about. We got NBA today. I've been, I've been, I really have not been playing NBA DFS uh, for the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's a pain in the ass. And with other stuff going on, I'm playing World Cup soccer DFS. So I got that going. I got MMA going. I got NFL going. Uh, to deal with NBA injuries and everything every every single day. I, I ain't doing it until there's nothing nothing else to do, right? Until January, February, March, where it's like, okay, NFL's over, right? And then, you know, World Cup is over, and MMA is going to be off for like a month or so, right? From December 17th, I think, to January 14th or something. Okay, okay. now you got me. Now you got me, NBA. I could, I could now... I can now concentrate more of my my mind share to 18 people being out and 47 people being questionable those types of things but i mean we do have a three game slate tonight uh, according to uh, lineup hq detroit has a minus four and 0.25 fly total don't play any pistons don't play any pistons based on that they're gonna score less than four points right or less, negative four i don't know how you do that obviously it's a little glitch uh, that, that'll, that'll get updated in lineup hq uh, we got, uh, we could take a look forward at the football. Maybe we got initial projections possibly for the next slate, 10 game slate showdown. We could go through results DB. We could do whatever you want. We could do whatever you want, 
right? It's it's toss-up Tuesday. Defix has some three-game NBA contrarian tips. Uh don't don't play all the chalk. I mean, it's it's like any other, it's like any other slate. Uh I would suggest very similarly to uh NFL short slates. Okay. What the overwhelming amount of lineups that look like on short slates that this applies to made this may not apply to baseball because people naturally stack in baseball, but in, in NFL, we talked about on the, on the Thanksgiving slate, right? The three game slate that people don't overstack enough on the small slates. And this is not baseball because baseball people tend to stack that people don't do the opposite. So like on the Thanksgiving slate, I suggested it's like, okay, just, Play everyone from one game except for both sides of the game except for one person because you have to play three teams, and that's it. So you want one game to go off and the other games to dud. And you want the combination of all the all the people that you have in one game to beat out everyone else because uh, the opportunity cost is lower because there aren't as many choices. People tend to do that in, in NBA. Like, they tend to pick and choose too much on three-game NBA slates or short NBA slates. Uh, and this is for GPPs, obviously. Uh, not necessarily for cash games. Okay? So, you know, a three-game slate like this, like, I, I don't know. I mean, we have kind of initial projections, right? Right? Uh, 620, these are the algorithmic projections. I don't know. I don't know the situation with the injuries, the questionable tags. But, like, if you were to look, if we were to look from game by game, just based on the current projections, right? Doesn't look like the, the Pistons project all that well. Miami, you got Hero and Adebayo, but not that much else, right? Lakers don't seem to project all that well. The Cavs, eh, right? And you get Dallas, Denver. I mean, nothing really projects that well, right? Maybe a little bit. Maybe maybe this this game, right? But take one of the games, right? If we if we just go by our initial projections right here, and we just like let's just run like what what what's the optimal based on current current. You're gonna have to do this later, 5:30. You know, six hours from now, when projections are. We have, we have Luke is questionable, Butler's questionable, Allen's questionable. We have no idea. So th these are just the initial projections. So if we go through here. It's like the lineup is gonna look like what? Uh, Cavs, one, two, three Cavs players, two Miami players. Uh, we got Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. Two, like we got a mix of multiple games, right? We got like Miami, Cleveland, Denver. It looks like. Okay, but it's a three game slate. You'd much rather like for GPPs that like two games blow out or two games, you know, underperform and one game goes off over the total, maybe over time. Who knows? So I'd be much more inclined in GPP to correlate more, even though correlation doesn't exist as much in is isn't as strong at NBA. I'd be much more inclined to like what what would be a lineup where I could play like six guys from one game, seven guys from one, play four guys from one team, three guys from another team. Then you obviously have to pick a one off from one of the other games in order to have a valid lineup and do something like that. So if we were to let's say uh, play, like we we could even like optimize for this, right? So let's say we wanted to focus on maybe not the Dallas Denver game. Right. Well, that's a late uh, with with Luca being questionable. Maybe actually, we'll, we'll have to see later. Right. If Luca's more on the side of doubtful, maybe you want to save it because you have two seven thirty games and one ten o'clock game. And if Luca's out, obviously that's going to be value city. 
right? I'm assuming, I'm assuming if Luca's out, we're going to have a what if projection. Assuming Luca's out, we're going to get like Dinwiddie is going to explode and Christian Wood, I guess, goes up and Hardaway will do better, right? So maybe you want to focus on that or maybe you want to play it as if uh, Luca is going to play. So let's say you do play. I mean, it's going to be very hard to build Luca Jokic lineups. But if you were to build Luca Jokic lineups, right? You could even play. You could even play DeAndre Jordan in that lineup as well. It's the thirty-one hundred, right? So, like something like this isn't even all that bad. Right? We got a Detroit player and we got a Miami player. But let's see, we can we fit in another Dallas or Denver player? Like, and just stack the game. Just stack the game. Play seven players from that game, and hope that that game goes off and gives you enough production that ever that more people disappoint in the other games. Now, people may ask, it's like, well, why don't I play the blowout type guys on the other games? I mean, I guess you can, but you have to, whenever you play blowout guys, you, you, you need to, you need to hit three times. Okay. That's, that's the problem thinking about who's going to play in the blowout, right? The, the 11th guy on the bench, you know, that type of guy. So I, first off, the only way for those players to hit for GPPs is one, the game needs to blow out. Okay. The game needs to blow out enough that these guys are going to get significant enough minutes, right? They're not going to just get eight minutes. They're going to get 16 minutes at least, right? 18 minutes, okay? So that's the first thing that has to happen. The number two is that guy's got to get the minutes, right? That guy's got to get the minutes because sometimes, who knows? Maybe they maybe maybe they leave some, some of the, the second unit in and that guy doesn't get in as bad. He only plays the last four minutes of the game. Then the third thing is that in that amount of time, he still needs to put up like 25, 30 points. Still needs to put up a ton of points to win a GPP, even for a 3K price tag. Okay, so you need to hit three times. So thinking in terms of who's going to play the blowout minutes off the back of the bench, I don't think is, I don't think is, is that's not how you should start. That's like, it, it, you need a last, very last piece in a lineup. Okay, maybe, maybe you get it. So like, I'd be more inclined to, okay, let's see, put Luka, put Jokic. And see how many uh, Detroit Miami players we could get out of this lineup, and only play like look Corey Joseph doesn't even project all that well. So get rid of Corey Joseph. We got Beverly Vincent. I don't want any. I don't want maybe I don't want any Cleveland players. Right, we start start eliminating this. Mitchell, get rid of some of these high projected players from the other teams. Right, get rid of those. Right. Get rid of the expensive players here. Maybe Schroeder, you leave Schroeder because he's cheap, right? Hero, Gabe Vincent, maybe fine. Did you go to Detroit? Jay Nivey. Let's see. Some, some really. I'll oh, get rid of some of those. Right here. I mean, here you got Caldwell Pope, Bruce Brown, Jokic, Hardaway, Finney Smith. Right, you got like six guys. From one game. And you just stack it that way. And you just find find a seventh piece. Or you can, I mean, you could play like this. You could still play Vincent and Beverly, I guess. For this chief or whatever. But that's from a contrarian's point of view. To me, that's the best approach. Only because the field doesn't do it as much. If the field did it too much, then you'd go the other way. But more people are going to go, okay, I'm going to play one guy from this game, one guy, two guys from that game, two guys from the other game, try to get the pieces. Because that makes the most sense from a median standpoint. I mean, look, if we just run the optimal 253.43 and as a mix of people from multiple games. 
Or you want two games to underperform and one game to overperform. And not as many people build those lineups. Going through the YouTube chat. I'll answer any question you want. Stupid questions allowed. Okay. I'm 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 raising I'm raising the the whatever the gates. You know, like the drawbridge or something. I'm, I'm or maybe I'm lowering the drawbridge. I'm I'm allowing stupid questions to pass. Typically the drawbridge is open, right? It's open. And it's like, nope, no, you get the cars on the one side, gotta wait for the, the tugboat or whatever to come through. Right. And those are all the people with stupid questions with the, the cars. They, they gotta wait. They gotta wait as the tugboat comes through. I'm allowing them. I'm putting the drawbridge down. The tugboat is gone. I don't know if this is a very good analogy, but I'm using it. I don't, I don't care. Right? Now the drawbridge is down, and now I'm allowing the stupid cars to come through. So if you have any stupid questions, fine. I'll answer them today. You get a one-time deal. I don't feel that bad today. Yesterday, I didn't feel all that well. Sunday, I felt pretty awful. I'm feeling pretty good, right? I got my I got my Starbucks Frappuccino. I'm awake. I'm awake for the day. So I don't mind the stupid questions. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe I will. Maybe I I will I will live to regret the stupid questions. Ah, uh, Devin's talking about all the stuff. Did, did TJ did, was TJ McConnell owned? Devin was complaining before the show that he had TJ McConnell and he didn't play. How did TJ McConnell not play? Don't the Pacers have no one? I have no idea. I'm not even pay, I'm, I'm like it's hard for me to even say. I don't even know. The only reason, the only reason I know anything is because on my Twitter timeline, I see other people playing NBA DFS. So even if I'm not playing that night, I kind of know what's going on. Greg Ryan asks, is the handsome correlation as strong in NBA as it is in NFL? I'm not sure. Like we talked about that yesterday. Obviously, it's a joke question, right? Uh, if people just started tuning into this show like yesterday, they think this is this is like a parody of what a DFS show should be. The handsome, the attractiveness model. But but James said it only it only applied to quarterbacks in NFL. So it wasn't really a wide receiver thing. But it does it matter in NBA from from our Discord? If you've been a long time uh member, premium member of, of our Discord here at Roto Grinders, which you should, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, it's it's active all the time. You get part of the premium channels. We got an NBA channel. So go sign up, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. You get lineup HQ, you get every, you get a combo premium, get you everything. So, so join me. I mean, I'm in the blunders game theory channel. If you want to talk to me specifically, but uh, the NBA channel, uh, if you're a long time, long time member, uh, everyone knows that there's a haircut narrative, right? So if, if the, if the, if, if the person that day got a haircut, that you have to bump their projection up like 20%. I think that's, I think that started a while ago. I think there was like two or three years ago where Jokic got it. That it was on like Twitter or Instagram that he just got a new haircut or whatever. And then people were like, you got to play him because he got a new haircut. I think that started somehow. Then every, every time someone mentions that they got a haircut there, everyone, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I mean, maybe, maybe only for the old school people, the haircut narrative. Right, Marty Donizzi even has the barber pole. Right, there you go, the haircut narrative. But we don't know that much. You need to get insiders like Shams, right? Wadge, they don't, they don't, they don't track the haircuts. You really need to go deep. You need to go deep on people's Instagrams to figure out who got a haircut today, who didn't. Is it a maybe it's a hairstyle narrative? Maybe the more shaved they are, like it's more aerodynamic. 
Depends on the type of player, right? Right. You really have to adjust all this stuff for the model, right? You figure like, you know, someone that doesn't need aerodynamism, right? Doesn't, the haircut doesn't matter as much, right? Some dude that only shoots three pointers that has an Afro, who cares if he shaves his head, right? Well, how does that affect his three point shooting? It's the guys that drive the lane, right? Harden gets a haircut, bump up his projection, right? Driving the lane. Those types of guys, Russell Westbrook gets a haircut. Okay, maybe he'll be good today, right? But any, anyone, you know, Carmelo Anthony, is he still in the league? I don't know, right? If he gets a haircut, what does it matter? He doesn't do anything, right? Clay Thompson, right? He, he's shooting three-pointers. Wayne Ellington, whatever team he's on, like those three-point shooter types. Tony Snell, Tony Snell could shave off his entire head, right? He could literally cut off his head. It's not gonna it's not gonna matter. The model is gonna be like it's Tony Snell. What does it matter? Oh, we'll give him a bump. We'll give him a 10% bump. What's 10% of zero? Nothing. Nothing anyway. So I don't think haircuts matter for him. Right. Uh Pierre Dota says late hammer. McConnell was ruled out after all the games locked. Ah, ah, so that's what happened. Okay. So it's not it's not the type of thing where people thought he was gonna play and then he was like a DNP or something. That's even the that to me, that's worse. To me, truthfully, truthfully, that's worse. That's a worse feeling, right? If you played TJ McConnell and it's like, okay, and then five minutes after that game locked, they're like, well, no, he's ruled out now. Like, that is a that is a pain in the ass. I don't like that either, right? That's the main reason I hate playing NBA DFS. But it's even worse where he's he, he ends up being out but never announced that he just literally never comes in the game. Right. We've had you've had that happen before. If you played NBA DFS, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to play this guy off the bench because he's going to probably going to get 28 minutes or something in this scenario. And then, you know, it's it's two minutes left in the first quarter and the guy has and four other people have checked in before him. And you're like, uh, is he going to play? <laughs> and he's like 38 percent owned. It's not like it's like, oh, you're taking a shot at a two percent on guy. It's like, no, he's a guy that actually projected well. And a lot of people have. And turns out, ain't going to play. And then he could know. He ends up coming in like two minutes into the second quarter and he plays for four minutes. And then that's the only time you ever see him in the entire game. So you, there you go. 3,800, four minutes. I mean, that that that's more tilt-worthy than someone just getting scratched right after lock. D. Fick asks, uh, how do you play King of the Pitch entries different than normal GPPs? Uh, I don't know if you mean King the, the the final or just the qualifiers. How do you play the King of the Pitch? I'm assuming you mean the qualifiers, because the King of the Pitch in and of itself is is a is a tournament is a GPP at the end of the soccer season, which would you would play as any other GPP, right? It's, it's going to be a 200 person contest with a hundred thousand up top or something, and then it pays out like a GPP. So I don't. I mean, I wouldn't play that any differently than any normal GPP. But as far as the qualifiers, like a lot of times uh, the qualifiers like 150 bucks and it's 21 people, 21 entries, 20 entries, something like that. How do I play differently? I mean, you play for first place. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a 20, you're playing basically a winner take all 20 man contest. The, the thing is, is that many, many of the regs in the soccer lobby typically play either their cash lineup or a modified version of their cash lineup. So you kind of know, you kind of know where the, where the condensation 
the condensment, whatever word you want to use, of the chalk is going to be. Now, a lot of times in soccer, chalk is good. Like, I, I think I, I don't think people may realize that during the World Cup. Like, I've, I've tried to explain this, the difference between soccer projections and, like, NBA projections. But the two predominant types of players in in soccer DFS, well, I would say three, the three different types of players as, as, a, as a group, would be number one would be goal scorers. Number two would be... Uh, Highly active set piece taking playmaker types, crossing types, peripheral peripheral hounds. You know that those types of people, and then the third are like like the defensive midfielders and the center backs, like the guys that they could show up with a goal once in a blue moon, but other than that, they really have they don't have much path to get ten points. Like they're sitting there, you know, three four points. They're they're punts at bat like oh i need a 3k guy just uh, hopefully he gets me four points and it allows me to fit everything else in like that that's that type of player so like when goal scorers are chalk those are the higher variance players those are players that can score two goals but they also also could come off in 60 minutes with two points but the set piece taking play winger playmaker types that play 90 minutes right that cross the ball that will have you know, take three free kicks, have seven crosses, three fouls drawn, one tackle, one, right? They could get, they could get to 10 to 15 points without a goal or an assist. And also because they're on the ball so much, they're more likely to get chances created. They're more likely to get assists, if not goals. So like those types of players are, are those are the best players in DFS soccer, right? They may not, they may not even have the highest ceiling, but they have they have very very good medians. They have very normally distributive outcomes. So if you play the types like like the Christian Eriksons, the Kevin De Bruyne's in uh, in World Cup, and like I'm thinking of the World Cup, Bruno Fernandez, like those types of players, like oh well oh I how do you play how do you play uh, Christian Eriksen at fifty seven percent ownership? It's like well that that's probably under owned. Right on a three-game slate, so we're not even talking about a six or seven-game slate on a three-game slate. Like that's that that's good chalk. Harry Kane at ten thousand for England or Tottenham or whatever. If you're playing EPL, like he's a goal scorer, right? He's not he's not he ain't getting twelve points or more without a goal or an assist or something, right? So when they're fifty-seven percent on, like that's 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 the type where. Maybe you go on the other side. That's a high variant spot. I talk about that in all sports. I like identifying where the high variant spots are and doing the opposite of what the field is going to do. They're overconfident or underconfident, right? Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's like, oh no, I can't play. This guy may be uh, maybe slightly injured, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play this very high variance player, and he ends up being six percent off. It's like okay, then now it's worth playing. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play as if Josh Jacobs ain't injured. Right, like oh, oh, he's questionable. He's all game time decision, oh. and then you play him, and then look what happened. Uh, what last week, to two weeks ago, at like four percent owned, he goes for fifty one points. Like it's the opposite of what the field's going to do. So in uh, the king of the pitch qualifiers, most of the time, how I play him is I don't necessarily get different at the set piece taking, you know value playmaker types, right? 
I t- I'm typically playing that. I'm looking at my cash lineup going, I'm going to play that cash lineup. But anyone that's like more goal dependent, that's going to be chalky. I take out and I try to play someone different, right? Someone that the, that most of my 20 opponents are not going to play. And if possible, someone that's negatively correlated to them. Like someone who would score the goal instead of that guy, right? So if like a team is playing 4-3-3 and they have like, like three forward players, and like one of them is like the set piece taker, which I have. And one of them is the center forward with like minus 180 goal scoring odds, which ends up being 50% owned. And then the other guy who may only play 80 minutes, but is like 2000 cheaper, but isn't on set pieces or anything. So it's like, uh, do you play set? Do you pay $7,800 for that guy? Not going to be owned in those contests as much. I mean, they'll still be owned in main GP. They'll probably be 15% owned in the main GPP. But in that King of the Pitch qualifier, out of 20 people, you, you may maybe only be one or two people that have that guy, right? So you just play that guy instead, right? So that that's what I'm kind of looking to do in those because it's a 20-person qualifier. I'm not looking to fade the set-piece takers, like the high-floor types of guys because the, the likelihood of them getting 10 to 15 points regardless is just so high. How am I going to make that up from anyone else other than a goal? Right, so why would I why would I want to add variance to my lineup that way versus just taking a different goal scorer that the field is not going to play out of the twenty people, right? Because once you take out the the guy with a fifteen point floor, well, how do I get the fifteen points? I need a goal, and goals are high variance. So basically, I'm removing low variance from my lineup to replace it with high variance and not gaining anything. It's like, I need a goal from that guy just to equal the peripheral stats of the other guy. So it's like, no, I'll just take the peripheral stats and hope that the goal scorer that everyone else is playing or most of the field is playing only scores four points, doesn't score a goal. And I got a guy for like 3,000 cheaper that's sitting there with 14 points because he scored a goal. And then you just flip, you know, if he's 50% owned, you're going to beat half the field just with that one goal. So that's what I look for in those those types of small qualifiers you could say the same probably for nfl right fate you you if you were playing a 20-man qualifier for nfl i would look i would look at it the same way who who are the high floor players the obviously underpriced players like you know amon ross st brown or garrett wilson like this past week like i uh, samaji p ryan like i wouldn't have faded those guys right at their prices but then you look and you go well a lot of people are going to play Nico Collins. Like, can I avoid not playing Nico Collins? People are playing Harrison Bryant. Like, can I just pay up and not play Harrison Bryant? Right? People are playing Joe Burrow. And okay, can I can I play something else? I mean, like, find the, the high variance situations to move from rather than the low variance situations to move from and get different that way, especially in a contest where ownership gets so much more condensed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Greg Ryan asks, if you hate NBA DFS, why not play NHL this next month? Because I've never played NHL DFS. That's the main reason. And I've talked about, you know, adding sports or whatever. Like I already, I already play enough as it is. Like I don't, I'm not going to learn an entirely new sport when I still have options of just playing other stuff with more sites or with more slates. Right? I haven't been playing the World Cup Showdown contests for crying out loud, and I'm a soccer person, right? Basically because I've been focused on the classic slates, right? So I haven't been playing the showdown. Now, once the the, the not, you know, maybe by next week I'll be playing more of the showdowns. It's a time thing. I'm only one person. And my attitude has always been I'd rather be all in 100% than do a lot of things half-ass. That's, that's, some people aren't like that. Some people don't mind dabbling here and there and play, oh, what's going on today? I'm going to play this. What's going on today? I'm going to play that. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I, I like knowing that when I, put, when I put my money in, when I get my money in, that I'm 100% focused. On If I can't be 100% focused, then I'm not going to play. That's the main reason for the NBA DFS. It's like, okay, uh, what am I going to do? Play once or twice a week and barely even know what the hell's going on with like teams rotations and, and injuries, whatever. Now, we have a lot of information here at Roto-Grinders. It helps you. I can just show up. I can show up five minutes before a slate and build quality lineups like most of the time. Do I feel comfortable doing that without having some concept of what the hell's going on? No, I don't. I don't feel comfortable. So if that's the case, I'll probably play lower volume. And if the case is I'm playing lower volume, why don't I just take that volume and put it into something that I, I am paying 100% attention to? So that that's how, that's how I view it. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of DFS players don't view it that way. And I get it. They like spreading themselves out as much as possible. I mean, it's like, I'm going to focus on this today and then that tomorrow and then this. And then some days just take off. Right, Wednesday, Wednesday night, NBA. <coughs> I mean, it's like I, I watch I watch uh AW Dynamite at, at eight o'clock. Do I want to be like I'll look to see between eight and ten, like what games are scheduled to start between those times, right? And then if there's any injury statuses between like oh nine o'clock game is a ton of we need to really know. We may not know until eight thirty. Like, you know what I do? I just don't play that night. It's like, do I want to be bothered while I'm watching my, my wrestling program? No. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing that on Wednesday night with my wife. So I just don't play. Oh, my God, you didn't play a slate. What kind of a DFS player are you? Like, you don't have to play every slate. You don't have to. Okay? Don't be a degenerate. Right? That's what some people do. Oh, I lost, I lost all my money. I lost all my money in the early slate. Got to play afternoon slate, NFL. Oh, I lost my money in the afternoon. Got to make it up in the showdown tonight. What What, what do you do? The next slate is the next slate. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be that day. Just one continuous game. It's one long game. DFS ain't going away. You tell me DFS is going away tomorrow. Then yeah, I'm playing a lot of volume on tonight's NBA slate because that'll be the, 
I can't play DFS anymore. I can't make any more money on DFS. But it's not going away. It's not going away. Okay. <laughs> there's plenty. There's, and then you got the, all the prop betting stuff. Like there's just too much. There's edges everywhere. And hey, if I was if I was 16 people, I'd take advantage of all of them, but I'm only one person. So I'm gonna focus on what I could focus on. And maybe I'm giving and maybe I'm giving money away. Maybe I'm leaving money on the table by hey, I could do a lot more at 80% on a multiple things than I could do 100% on fewer things. And maybe there's more raw money in only having 80% attention to, to a lot more things. I just don't feel comfortable. I, I don't, I feel like, oh, I'm going I'm to put several thousand dollars down on this slate and barely know what's going on. Like that, I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like that feeling. And then when it comes down, oh, why, why don't you just play a couple of lineups, play $60 worth of lineups. And then I go, I'm going to spend all that time for an expected return of $18 or something. I mean, like in long run, like, no, I, I have better stuff to do with my time. My, Hey, I may just want to watch Netflix that night and that's worth $18 to me. Right. So it comes down to that also. Oh. <sighs> Feel free to post your questions in the YouTube chat. Remember, the drawbridge is down. I'm still I'm using this analogy. I don't care, right? The drawbridge is normally up on this show, right? We have one side of the drawbridge where all the smart people are. Okay, that's where all the smart people are. And then on the other side is all the cars. That the, there are tons of cars backing up, right? You ever see one of those? You know, during a snowstorm or hurricanes coming in, and you have the interstate, and it's like just pile. It's like miles of traffic. Just miles upon miles of traffic. People stalling out, running out of gas on the highway. That's all the stupid people, right? The stupid people, all the stupid questions on one side of the drawbridge. We're waiting for that tugboat to come through. I'm allowing the drawbridge to come down, which means now the stupid questions can come in, right? So if you got stupid questions, feel free to ask. Murray Dineasy, stupid question coming. Is it the Stars or Scrubs or Balance build tonight for NBA Slate? Uh... How would we know at 11 o'clock? It would be whatever. It, I mean, you plug in the projections, you press a button. Like this is what this is what I mean by, yeah, stupid questions. We don't even know who's playing. Like, seriously, if you're building lineups now for NBA, you're doing it wrong. Like, we literally don't know who's going to play. I've done this before. Look look at all last season. I would preview NBA stuff on this show, and I would say at least 90% of the time, anything I said, anything we discussed, meant nothing. It literally meant nothing. Oh, yeah, this probably guy's going to be chalk. This guy's going to be whatever. And literally three hours later, none of it mattered. Well, this guy's out now. Okay, well, that means you're playing that guy. And that means you don't have to play this other guy. And like I said, Luke is questionable. So do you play him? Do you not play him? He's in the late game. If he's out, who do you play? I mean, like, dude, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. We have no idea. Jared Allen looks good, but he's questionable also. So what's going to happen there? Butler's question. I mean, these are major people that are on the, on the injury report. We'll probably know more in a couple of hours, probably get an update or something. 1.30 p.m., Injury report update, 5.30 p.m. injury report update. But you can't do anything until then. 
Like there's nothing. What is it going to be? Like if everything is is the way it is exactly right now, we could talk about it, but it's never that way. It's never, it never happens. No matter, it could be three games. It could be a half a game. It could be a pickup game of one-on-one. That could literally be the only slate. Okay, NBA DFS is like this. We could go down. It could be a showdown slate. I could say I could say tonight it's it's going to be a showdown slate of one-on-one basketball. Okay, one-on-one, and you have to roster. You have to roster two players in your lineup, right? That's the showdown contest tonight. And you go, okay, do I play? Let let's say let's say it's Tyler Hero versus Donovan Mitchell, one-on-one. That's it. That's all. That's that's all. It's TNT. That's all they're doing. That's the only thing that's going on in the NBA tonight is a one-on-one game, one-on-one between Tyler Hero and Donovan Mitchell. And we have a showdown slate where you have to roster two players. Like you would think they'd be like, okay, who do I play? Okay, I play Hero, I play Mitchell, right? It's like they're literally the only two players that are playing. I guarantee you five minutes before lock, someone gets scratched. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. No, Tyler Hero isn't. Darius Garland's going to be playing instead. Right? Right. Bam, Bam is going to play instead of Hero. Right? So, some, it's going to be something like that. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, that, this seems very, very obvious. There's only two players available and there's only two lineup spots. So you're going to be playing Hero and Mitchell. And then six hours later, it'd be like, you know, the content I ta- talked about this morning, just throw it out. Both those guys aren't even playing, right? And actually, no, what's actually happening is that it's not one-on-one anymore. Now they're playing three-on-three. They're playing, uh, uh, Hero is out. They're playing three-on-three and, and Jared Allen is in now. And we don't know about Luca, and he may come in the game later. And you don't know until the second half. Like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's NBA DFS. They, they can make, it could be that. Could be as as limited as possible. Normally, we go, oh, it's a fourteen game slate. This is anarchy, right? Which is true in NBA DFS. Fourteen games, twenty eight teams, eight hundred people on the injury report. Yeah, those are, those are chaos slates. But then we go, oh, go, it's a three game slate, nice and quiet. No, it never is. It never is. Two game slate, one game showdown slate doesn't matter. It's the NBA, right? The Pacers. Or on the West Coast, no one knows what's going on. The coaches don't even know what's going on. Doesn't matter. So talking about a slate seven hours from now means nothing. It means nothing. <sighs> Mari Don Easy said it was a stupid question, but he's trying. He was. I think maybe maybe Don Easy was trying to to, to simulate stupid questions. <sighs> A&S Comedy says, I'm so tilted with NFL DFS. I'm excited for NBA DFS. No, you're tilted with NFL DFS? Have you never played NBA DFS? NFL is not tilting. NFL ain't tilting. It, ain't even, it doesn't even come close to tilting. What are you, nuts? Oh, well, the guy gets injured in the first quarter, right? Kenny Walker, injured, right? Lamar Jackson, I got a Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews team, injured. Right, concussion, something like that, dude. That that stuff that happens after, after things lock, like it didn't change anything that you did. It, there's nothing to tilt over, right? 
tilting his NBA DFS where you have to go back to the computer 17 times because the guy that was supposed to be in is out. The guy that was out is now in. The guy that was questionable is now doubtful, but then plays anyway, right? The coach says, uh, we're going to have a change to the starting lineup. It doesn't say anything about it, right? Says that's going to be changed and we wait and we don't even get the starting lineup until five minutes after lock. And the guy that you thought was going to start ain't starting, right? Right? 700 people on the injury report and people, creative players are coming in, right? Some guy 3,200 projects for 18 points and you don't know why, right? That's tilting. And the ADFS is that. Like good luck, good luck having, having any life post-lock in, in NBA. Oh, the 8.30 game. Oh, do I have to worry about it? No, there's literally no one on the injury report for that game. 15 minutes before that game locks, you see the starting lineup. It's like, where's this guy? Right? Like the, the Heat put out a lineup and Jimmy Butler isn't in it. And you go, what, what happened there? He wasn't even on the injury report. Right? Or Lowry's not in. Or Bam's like, why isn't Bam starting? What happened there? Or Kevin Love is in the starting lineup for the Cavs for whatever reason. I mean, like, it, just, it doesn't matter. You, I, I, you, no matter what you could come up with beforehand, something weird, something's going to happen. Something. You never know what it is. You have to expect the unexpected. No matter, that, that's tilting. Injuries, injuries happen. And it's you, you can't change any. It, it, Kenny Walker getting injured is just like Kenny Walker just not having a good game anyway. So who cares? <sighs> Defic, as far as contest selection, what do you consider in the context of payout structure? For example, largest field college football seems to be more top heavy than most other sports. Yeah, because they try to keep, they try, they try to attract people with the the first place payout. I saw, I saw your screenshot on Twitter, right? Where you, you came in fourth. It was like, what? 50,000 to first and like 4,000, 2,000 to fourth or something. What was it? Twenty thousand? It was some some insane spread. We got two thousand for fourth, but like first place was like fifty k or something. Like those are ridiculous contests. You have to. I mean, those the the more they look like that, the more you like you have to play for first at all costs. Like top one percent finishes don't even matter in those. Like you need to play for first at all costs, and the variance is ridiculous. I just refuse to play those types of contests. I just don't. If you're gonna play them, you have you have that don't even care about min cash equity. There's no min cash equity, there's no nothing. It's everything the first, and you, you might if you come in second, you're lost. It doesn't even matter. I don't like playing that way from a long-term perspective. If you're playing for entertainment, go do whatever you want. I just refuse to play those types of contests. I mean, soccer, it happens all the time. It's 10k to first, and it's $100 for sixth place. I go, screw you. I'll play cash. I'll play the, I'll play the 275. I'll play. And sometimes even the, even the, the, the smaller feel like the 134 man, 555 has this garbage payout structure also. It's 20K to first. And it's like double up for 11th place. Like I, I need to come into 11th and I double the 11th to 20th paid double. To a, barely to it, like five fifty five, it would pay a thousand. So so okay, so I a top five percent finish. I still just double my money. Like screw it, I'll just I'll play other stuff. I'll, I'll play just more head to heads. I'll just play cash. That I'm not going to deal with that type of stuff. I don't I I don't play long term that way. 
I will pick out the, the if they have a good prize structure, I'll do it. MMA was like that for a while in the 555. I didn't play the 555 for a while because they were giving like 33% to first place. So it was like a like a 300 man contest with 50k to first, 20k to second, 10k to third, 5k to fourth, 2k to so like it, it went that like you you had to come in like 10th place just to double your money. Like I ain't doing this. I'm sorry. Nope. Eh, sorry. Ain't going to do it. I'll play the $100 single entry. I'll play the $200 three max. I'll play the qualifiers. I'll play, I'll play the large field. Yeah, I could do that. But then once they came down to like 30 K to first, now, now a 25% to first place and a bit flatter in the top 10. Okay. Now I'm in. Now I don't mind. I don't mind doing that. Because if I come in sixth, it's like, okay, it pays enough. It pays twice as much as it would under the other structure. So I don't have to like always come in first or I'm dead type of thing from a long-term ROI perspective. But that's how you're thinking of it in terms of, are you are you trying to play with the lowest variance possible? Or are you trying to play to make the most amount of money possible, regardless of the risk of ruin? Some DFS players are like, nope, I want to try to make as much money as I possibly can. Even my risk of going broke is goes up exponentially. Okay, that's fine. Me, I, you know, you know, you know my, you know my story. You know, my 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 whole life has been trying to avoid never having a real job, a real quote unquote real job. So it's like if I can make the same amount that I can make at a quote unquote real job, just doing this. That's fine with me. I, I, it, if I could get there and then have very little risk of ruin, I'm, I'm I, it's the dream. It's the dream. So if I'm, oh, yeah, instead of making 80000 this year, you could have made 120000 It's like, yeah, but I made 80000 this year. Like, uh, uh, how much more risk do I have to uh, increase to make 120? Well, you have to double your risk. Well, let's screw it. Then I won't. <laughs> Easy. Easy peasy. So that's how I look at those types of things with the payout structure. Like from a long-term perspective, I played this contest every single day. How would I be sustainable without having to come in first place like once every month? What's every 30, 30 slates? Can I come in fourth? Can I come in eighth? Can I come in 11th? Can I come in second? Can I, and still show a profit? The answer is yes. Then I want to play those types of contests. And yes, I know I won the 555 in MMA two weeks ago for 30,000. If I if that contest was structured the way it was the month previously, it would have been 50,000. Right? And you go, oh, you, you gave up 20K because you preferred to play that payout structure. It's like, yeah, on that side, but how about all the other times if I played that contest and come in 12th and get uh get twelve hundred dollars versus eight hundred dollars or come in fourth and get 10,000 versus 5,000, right? I'm thinking of those times because first place isn't going to happen at that often. But coming in the top 10 is going to, for me at least, is going to come in a lot more often. So I want to get paid decently for coming in a top 10 spot rather than, oh, top 10 doesn't, that doesn't even matter. It's steak knives. Set of steak knives, right? Like Glengarry Glen Ross. That's where that comes from. Right, the sales contest. First place is a Cadillac. Right, second place, set of steak knives. Third place is you're fired. Right, 
It's that type of guy. I don't like those payout structures. Right. Everyone says the same exact thing. 10% of the money should go to first and 10% of first should go to 10th. There you go. That's what it should be. I, I, I don't even mind if first place was even more than that. I don't mind if, if, if first place was 20%. I don't mind the min cash line being higher. Like that, that's me. I don't mind if it's only the top 15% get paid. Right? What, top 25%? No. Get, get rid of all those spots and give it and flatten out first to 10th. Right? Have first place get 15 to 20%. And have 10th place be 10% of that. And then scale it down to there. And you don't have to pay 1.25x or something at the top, you know, 2,500 spot. Like, I don't care about that. I just want, you don't get into the top 10 as often. You don't get into the top 10 often. But I want to make it so that if I do get in the top 10, I feel like, okay, I've, I've, I've made a pro I've made a profitable payout. Not that two points decides the difference of my entire year. Trevor Lewis asks, uh, hey, Blender, is there really much of a benefit of using underdog? I follow your lead and went to prize picks with some great success. Thanks again, man. Yeah, of course there's a benefit of using underdog. They have a be- you, it, all you're doing is comparing numbers. If underdog has a better number, then use, then then that's where you would be at underdog for the props. And that's 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 it. And also they pay better on uh, on three leg, on three picks than, than prize picks, right? Underdog pays 6x. Five, prize picks picks 5x. So that's why on underdog, typically I, I play three picks. But you have to find three props worth playing. And that's that's the thing. A lot of a lot of times on it 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 really depends. Early in the week, you may find much bigger discrepancies. So sometimes underdog will have a better number than prize picks, and sometimes prize picks will have a better number. NBA works out that way also. There every day, every day you could see a line on prize picks for like someone's re- Someone has a rebound prop of seven on prize picks. And it's six and a half on, on underdog. And you and we have a projected for like 8.4 or something. It's like, obviously, you take it on prize picks. You take it on underdog. Over six and a half versus the seven on prize picks. Now, a lot of times by the end of the day, the underdog one has moved to seven anyway. So you have to get it early. But yeah, you just, all you're doing is it's just like having multiple sports books. So it's not a matter of like which one is better. It's like on, you compare the lines to one another. Sometimes it, it's sometimes it's only one. It's one point off, but I'll take the point rather than not. Right? Sometimes you'll see a, you know a PRA, right? Points, rebounds, assists. Like Prize Picks has it at uh, at thirty four and a half, and then Underdog has it at thirty three and a half. And you go, okay, if you're taking the over. Right, obviously, you want over 33 and a half rather than over 34 and a half. If you're taking the under, you'd rather the prize picks one with 34 and a half and take the under. I mean, that's all you're doing, that's all you're comparing it to. Strikeout props and MLB, same, same thing. You'd see that all the time. Typically, half a strike, you could see you could typically find a half a strikeout difference sometimes. Right? Some, some, some pitcher has a, a 5K prop on, on prize picks and has five and a half on underdog. If you're taking the under, you take it on underdog. <sighs> ANS Comedy, have you ever used props on offshore books to get better odds? Well, that's if you're betting props for props. I cannot legally bet. I'm in Kentucky. 
So no, I, I don't have access to legal sports books. Can you can you bet props on offshore? Of course you can. A lot of it is a hassle though. I can tell you from experience. I I've 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 been on offshore sites before. A lot of times getting the money in and out. I'm not saying that the money the money disappears, right? Like, oh no, you'll never get paid. Like, is that more it is it more likely to happen in offshores than it is on regulated books in the United States? Absolutely. But it's just a pain in the ass of getting the money in and out. The verification process, then they gotta send it to this bank account, and then you gotta verify this thing. It's just a little bit more of a pain in the ass of getting the money in and out of different offshore accounts. And if you and if you're if you're betting at least somewhat semi-professionally, you probably want you 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 need like you need so many sportsbook accounts. If you're relying just on offshores, moving the money around is like ninety-five percent of the work, right? And then it becomes worse. And it's like, what what are you doing? You're spending most of your day doing that by getting money in and out. Right, well, I'm going to bet here, and then I'm going to bet there, and then I'm going to bet there. But then I don't have enough money on this account in order to bet that account. So I got to withdraw here, deposit there. I got to manage your cash flow so you can get the money in and out. Like, it's, it's a pain in the ass. On the, on the legal regulated ones here in the United States, the deposit and withdrawals are so much quicker. And if, and if, if you're at some VIP level, it could be even quicker than the, even that. I think D, I think DK is pretty cool. I, I, I obviously I've never used DK Sportsbook, but from the DFS perspective, they're very quick with with deposits and withdrawals. But if if you have if you if you're like an Onyx tier person and you have a you know a VIP rep, like if you if you needed a, an insanely quick deposit uh, a withdrawal, the deposits are always quick, right? That they'll they'll always, they'll always let you deposit quickly. But if uh, if you want, you know, a lot, most of the time I get my withdrawals within 24 hours like from DraftKings, like 20 less than 24 hours i think the last one i i i got in like three hours but if for some odd reason that you needed like the what you need the funds like quick quick you could texture your vip guy and go i i i, I need a 5k withdrawal asap because obviously you want to take that money and put it into some other account to bet something else or whatever now, obviously, if you're at the point where you need that that quickly from one account to the other, you should have some amount of cash reserves, like that. That's that's free to you, that you could do anyway. But in the case that you wanted to, there, you know, moving the money around on legal regulated books is is actually is actually pretty easy. Offshores, it's not as it used to be back in the day. You'd have to go to Western Union. You'd have to say you're sending your money to some some random address in Costa Rica, right? And then then they're, then when you get paid out, you're, you're getting mailed a check from the Royal Bank of Canada, some weird account or something like it. It's, it was it was nuts back in the day, moving money around. Really back in the day, like 2005, 2006. That was, a, that, that was 95% of the work. It was, it was stupid. Now you could use Bitcoin and then you have to worry about the exchange and the wallets and whatever. God, why can't they make just make it easy? But yes, if you're just betting props for props, then yeah, use sports books. But prize picks an underdog. You need to you need to find enough value to make up for the insanely high hold on the fixed odds parlays. Okay. So we, we covered a lot of stuff today. Okay. We covered, we covered, we did a little NBA, little, little NBA. It's not going to matter. None of this is going to matter, 
right? Luca's going to be out. Jared Allen's going to be dead. Someone that's not even on the injury report, he's going to he's going to be MIA. He's going to be found missing somewhere, right? Someone that that is projected well is is going to DNP for no reason, right? It's it's NBA DFS. They'll cover you later today, right? We got NBA Grinders live later today on the channel. Hit the hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Subscribe. Subscribe to everything here, right? Scores and odds channel. Go our sister site. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. And uh, they'll cover you crunch time leading up into luck with, with Andy and Roth and everyone. I mean, that's like the only thing going on today, right? I mean, we got World Cup, right? But pretty much three-game NBA slate. But we got all the stuff for NFL on the channel as well. Everything here. Hit the notification bell to always know when we go live. And if you want all of our projections, ownership, content, everything, the Discord, click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of a combo premium package to Roto Grinders. And uh, we'll see what we'll talk about tomorrow. Right? Maybe, maybe the draw, maybe the drawbridge, maybe it'll come come down again, right? Don Easy says the bridge is now closed. Maybe, maybe it'll. Is it closed? Is this closed or is this open? I thought this is open. So the drawbridge is closed or the drawbridge is open. It depends on which view. I guess to the tugboat, this is open. But to the cars, it's closed. I don't know. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Uh, I'll be here answering your DFS strategy questions, even your stupid ones. Sometimes even your stupid ones. Here on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.